Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Word Balloon, the comic book conversation show. John Suntress here. Great to talk to you again. Sorry that uh, February got off to a uh, slow start, got a little busy with the health issues. But again, everything is going great. Thank you very much for uh, the kind emails and messages that I've gotten online. Uh, Everybody's been terrific, and I truly appreciate all the support. Look, there's a little message right there coming in right now. Uh, Boy, I'm going to really have a great time talking with uh, Chris Iliopoulos today, our guest. Chris is amazing. He's such a great artist. He's, uh, of course, part of uh, Marvel's production team in the lettering department. We talk a bit about that. But uh, we're really here to talk about him as an artist and a creator. He and Brad Meltzer have been doing the I Am Children's Biography series an amazing set of books that are incredibly popular, so popular that PBS is developing an animated series based on the books. It looks fantastic. It's based on Chris's designs. And, uh, you know, the latest book just came out this week. I am Billie Jean King. And uh, we talked to Brad uh, in the last couple of weeks, but I also pr- prepared a, a conversation with Chris. We talked a lot about uh, I am Neil Armstrong because uh, Chris was a big inspiration behind doing the Armstrong biography. But we talk a lot about the TV series and about his art, and uh, it's just great to catch up with him. He's uh, one of my favorite people in the comic book business. We're both Greeks, and of course, uh, that that always comes up in conversation. We have uh, shared experiences uh, as as Greek uh, Americans, and uh, you know, every every background I think has the same kind of thing. But uh, you know, what can I say? Chris Eliopoulos on today's Word Balloon. It's all brought to you by the League of Word Balloon listeners. Thank you very much, League, for your support. Uh, everyone has really been incredibly kind as I uh, continue to heal. I'm not going to be doing uh, conventions, it looks like, this year uh, because of my uh, health condition. But uh, the good news is I am going in the right direction. And uh, truly, uh, the help via Patreon is uh, greatly appreciated. If you like Word Balloon and you enjoy what I do here, consider subscribing to Word Balloon. You don't have to. Word Balloon's free. It'll always be free. But if you want to help out the cause, you can go to wordballoon.com and click on the Patreon ad, or you can go to patreon.com slash wordballoon. But thank you very much for your support, League of Word Balloon listeners. Word Balloon is also brought to you by Aftershock Comics, the industry's fastest-growing independent publishing company. They're promoting new and established comic audiences to read dangerously this year. This is the year of reading dangerously. As a publisher of many of the most talked-about independent titles of the past few years, including things like Marguerite Bennett's Animosity, A Walk Through Hell, Dark Art from Colin Bunn and Juan Dell, Baby Teeth from Donny Cakes, Aftershock will push the envelope even further this year with new releases and ongoing series that continue to thrill, chill, and challenge both imaginations and sensibilities. They're working with top writers and artists and some of the brightest new stars in the creative community. Some of the new books that are coming out this year, Stronghold with Phil Hester and Ryan Kelly. There's a good team. Oberon, a new supernatural series by Ryan Parrott. Dark Red from Tim Seeley, who's also got a new interview on Word Balloon this week, centering on a vampire living in rural America. Out of the Blue and Horde, just to name a few. They're going to cut across all genres to take readers far beyond their comfort zones. Now, in the weeks ahead, we'll be talking to more Aftershock creators about their books, but you don't have to wait. Check out full story descriptions, preview pages, and the diamond codes on these books to order through your local shop at AftershockComics.com. Okay, without further ado, let's get into our great conversation with Chris Iliopoulos, now on Word Balloon. Chris Iliopoulos, welcome back to Word Balloon. I, you know, every time I talk to Brad mm-hmm. Meltzer, I always am like, shit, I got to talk to Chris. Because you're doing the heavy lifting on these IM books. Nah. Well, you are, but also love talking to you. And uh, yeah. hey, It's man. the Greek brothers getting together. That's all that matters. Absolutely. Right? Greek Comic book Greeks, you know. We're going to get Chris Gage on next time. We'll all three of us get together and... We get have a Pete, conversation. Pete Tomasi and, uh, yeah. and and ironically Doug Monkey uh, on his mom's <laughs> side, Greek. Okay, there you go. So yeah, no, there's there's a nice little contingent. I remember. We'll go to a diner. We'll go to a diner somewhere. <laughs> it's true. And have a conversation in in, in Queens or in uh, or in Astoria yeah. or, or in Greek down here in Chicago. Believe, Absolutely. Believe me, I have one right near me, and the family they they found out I was Greek because you know you turn you give them a card at the end of the first time years ago, sure. and they're like, oh, now it's best treatment I ever get. And every time I walk in there, <laughs> they always come over, say hello. Everybody thinks like I'm some star, but it's just because I'm Greek. The Greeks we seek each other out in the in the diners. It's true. When I was in New York, I was staying uh, with uh, a couple friends. And we went to a diner, and clearly it was great people running it. And I said, thank you. I'm like, if Karisto, which is thank you for our yep. listeners. And they're like, oh, Paratekalo, you know, and immediately yep. start rambling and stuff. And, yep. uh, yeah, yep. my friends are like, why didn't you say that earlier? So we would have gotten a deal on the check. I'm like, well. Yeah. I know. that's You come in, you, you, yeah, so, and then that's it, right? <laughs> and then you're set. Absolutely, man. No, we're it, all, 
We are all brothers. Get the free pickles and, and coleslaw before the meal. <laughs> it's true. Oh, man. Dude, I am, I'm thrilled yeah. for you. I mean, even before the PBS announcement, I'm like, yeah. well, i got to talk to Chris because uh, one of the latest I Am books, I Am Neil Armstrong. Um, yeah. And Brad said, hey, you know, this is really Chris's, like, ambition to, to do a Neil Armstrong biography. Yeah. And yeah, that was – yeah, right from the beginning, they, we kind of sat down. It was Brad, me, and the publisher, and we kind of just said, um, who, do, who do we want to do? What's the best? Who are the most iconic? You know, basically it's – it's um, you know, if you it's like putting people up against each other, like, you know, or uh, Mother Teresa, like, you know, who who would you think would be better? And then so we, we're having these arguments about who should be there first. You know, is it, you know, is it Benjamin Franklin or is it George Washington or, you know, wherever? And uh, and I right from the get go was like, I want Neil Armstrong. That is my guy. And they were like, yeah, 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 yeah. So I finally it, they you know, came around and. And it actually did very well. I mean, I think it was one of our best-selling books. So, uh, you know, that's excellent. Just, li- just listen to the cartoonist; he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know, good timing too with uh, the first man movie. But I remember, I think the, you know, I mean, obviously, I was four when the moon landing happened, and I do remember it because my parents were smart enough to stick me in front of the TV and, like, literally, like, open a window, point at the sky, and go, "Okay, see the moon? Yeah." Well, that's where they are right now on TV, yeah. and it's like, wow. So that was just insane. So I knew Neil and Mike Collins and Buzz Aldrin right away of Apollo 11. But um, I didn't know about a lot of his adventures before the moon landing, and yeah. this guy was a badass pilot. I mean, you know, yeah. there's the there's the Gemini mission, and I know you cover that in the book, where mm-hmm. uh, their capsule they, – they, the, the mission was to dock – and then show that you know two different uh, spacecrafts could dock and everything, and that was an important step in terms mm-hmm. of being able to do the the moon landing itself. And right. then when they undocked, as you know, the one of the retro rockets were out of control and they were spinning and they could have died, yeah. could have yeah. lost consciousness and everything. And Neil was able to keep his shit together, and, you know, fix fix. Yeah, it. he was just so like like he was like the all American hero, right? You know, the, yes. just calm under pressure, always was able to just. And never looking for attention. Like I, it's yes. funny, Brett and I laugh about this all the time because I'm very much the quiet guy. Like we go on stage together, and he does the talking gladly. And I'm very happy to sit in the background. I'm very happy to hide there um, and just do the work. And I think Neil Armstrong was very much like that. Um, and it was just very interesting. I mean, even you know the the flying uh, bed stick. Yes, it, talk about you know, that the, because I that mean, is the, the broomstick. It was a bed stick. It was called. Um, but basically, uh, it was a, a landing device to, that was there to train them somehow to do the the lunar lander. Uh, but it was done here on Earth, so gravity has effect, and it went out of control. And he, at the last possible second, um, hit the uh, escape button and and flew it. And like you know, got beat up and bruised a little bit and bleeding. And then, like, just went back to the office and went to work. Like, yeah. like, just it wasn't a thing. Uh, the guy practically died, and he just got back to work. And, and I think that's uh, one of the biggest uh, greatnesses of Neil Armstrong was just his ability to be humble and just get the get the job done. So, um, even just as a pilot during the Korean War, you know, yeah. he, he got yeah. shot down. You know, he went down, and you know, it's just like, all right, well. That's that's business. Back to work, you know. Unbelievable, so, and you know, yeah. there's there's the uh, Turner uh, Broadcasting did a documentary called mm-hmm. Moonshot, which was based on Deke Slayton's book, right. and they actually have the footage of Armstrong ejecting from that simulator. Yeah, and you see the explosion, and literally, he's like, I don't know, fifty feet, a hundred feet away, maybe yeah. maybe more, but it certainly does look like he's not that far from the explosion. Yeah. And yeah, like just calm as hell and. Badass man. I mean, you, you know, yeah. kind of forgetting the name of um, uh, Negative Man, and uh, well, and some of the great like uh, DC characters that were fighter pilots <laughs> in the fifties and stuff. Larry mm-hmm. Trainer, I believe, was uh, Negative Man, and he was a pilot. Certainly, Hal right. Jordan. Hal Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, he, you know, Neil Armstrong was a real Hal Jordan. I mean, and born without fear, and just, and also, like you said, quiet guy. I know yeah. a couple of years before his death, he finally kind of he came out. I want to say for the. 50 maybe no the 40th yeah. anniversary the 40th yeah, yeah, anniversary 40th. yeah yeah because 50 yeah, yeah and just and sort of just but i think you know what was funny though for him though it was to kind of promote um 
space travel. It wasn't really about him to come out and say, hey, hey, look at me. It was, sure. you know, again, even it was just, you know, because it's funny. You see the difference between Buzz and him. What the difference is, Buzz <laughs> was great, but he is such a, like, a salesman. Absolutely. And is always Big like promoter. selling Buzz, selling Buzz, selling Buzz. And Neil never did that stuff. And somehow the space gods knew to have Neil be that guy. Like he was the right guy for that job. And um, like I said, I do all the research for this stuff. And like it, I didn't really even have to do any research for this because I, I grew up I, – I loved the space program and Apollo yeah, missions. So like th- for me, it was just sort of like I don't – you don't need to tell me anything. I know this stuff. So they were like – Brad was like, read this book by um, – uh, oh what was his name? Um, like this book – and I was like, dude, I've read it twice already you know, and <laughs> before we even did this. So – um, I'm a I'm a bit of space nerd, so for me, me it was too. it was a lot of fun. So. Have you have you had a chance to meet any of those Apollo astronauts? You know, no offense or disrespect meant to the space shuttle guys, mm-hmm. but it, they really that's just a different class. And 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 truly, again, no disrespect, but yeah. it just seems that like the limited technology compared to what we have today, that those guys in the original Mercury, Gemini, and Apollo missions had to work yeah. with, and how different, small yeah. those computers were. Yeah. It's insane. Like, right when you think about it, they had less computing power than we have in our phones. Oh, absolutely. They flew to to the moon on that. I mean, it really is like insanity. Like, you don't realize these days um, just what a real risk it was for these guys to do this. But um, I did. um, I I don't usually do uh, author visits at bookstores and stuff like that. But the Buzz Aldrin had come to uh, my local bookstore, and I had to go. And wow. And they even said like, "Don't shake his hand." Just, you know, go in there, get signed. And I just screw this. I, I have never, you know, I'm <laughs> never going to get this chance again. I shook his hand, thanked him for his service, uh, you know, and, and probably shot somebody a bad look. But, um, you know, but that was it, you know, but it's amazing, you know, even to have that moment. You know, I'm sure he's had that moment with, you know, 50 million people uh, remembers none of them, but everybody remembers the time they met a guy who walked on the moon. So that's uh, excellent, man. Yeah. I, when I went to Washington in the 90s, I got to meet John Glenn. Uh, because he was a senator of Ohio at the time, and he was incredibly uh, cordial and shook our hands, me and my friend. And he's like, are you from Ohio? I'm like, no, I'm from Illinois. He's like, well, that's all right. And he laughed. <laughs> Not a constituent. You can you can leave now. <laughs> exactly. But it was yeah. it was great. And then Jim Lovell is a local guy and from Apollo oh, 13, wow. if people don't right. know, and also Apollo 8. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so those are those are my two astronaut meets. That I was yeah. just like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm I'm meeting these people. They're incredible. And in fact, I always tease about uh, podcasting, and I always say, all right, if you started in 2005, well, then you're a Mercury astronaut. Yeah, yeah. And then, granted, you know, a lot of people came in 2006, and I say, all right, from 2006 to 2009, all right, you're a Gemini. You know, yeah. 2010 right. you, maybe you laid it out right. Yeah, and I'm but I'm like, all right, if it's after 2010, you're you're a space shuttle astronaut. Whatever, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I will say like so Buzz I think might have been the first person I actually met uh who was I had to draw into a book. Um you know, wow. obviously I sneak people and I, I draw bread into the books. Sure, sure. But I I am trying to rack my brain to think if there's anybody that I've met before I drew them in the book and I think Buzz is the only one which is kind of weird to to think about like I'm drawing these people that I met into you know these famous people. Yeah. So how many? Because I know uh, Brad told me that you know Jane Goodall obviously helped with her book and everything. Yeah. How many yeah. of the how many of the biography uh, people have you met? Uh, I that I have met no personalities yet. Um, we keep talking like it's funny. I the, with the Jane Goodall Foundation, we keep going back and forth. I helped them out. I did a uh, a thing for their, their calendar. You know, oh, they nice. raise money for Roots and Shoots, and we were like, hey, like. I would love – you know, they were like, oh, she'd love to meet you. I, I'd love to meet her. Sure. You know, is there some way and, – and her schedule, she's like 200 and something days a year she's traveling around the world. Um, so we keep kind of coming back and going, well, she might be in New York at this point or – you know, and so we're, I'm hoping to get to meet her. Um, in in February, we have uh, I Am Billie Jean King. Amazing. Uh, who, yeah. who also helped with the book, um, whom I would love to meet at some point. Um She's one of my heroes growing Absolutely, up. Absolutely, man. So, uh, you know, it's uh, it's weird because we originally had the idea that we were not going to do any living people as the subject of our books just because, you know, something could go wrong. I mean, you know, we, we look at the Lance Armstrongs and the Bill Cosbys and you go, ooh, you know, things could come out that really corrupts what you're trying to do here. Um, but we figured, you know, with uh, 
with Jane Goodall and Billie Jean King, we're pretty safe. We're not going to have any surprises in the in the near or late future. So, um, we're lucky there. I don't. We don't have any lined up coming up yet that are still alive, but we'll see. Okay. Um, but we are. But we are doing. You know, we're doing the TV show now too. So like, it's ramped up the amount of heroes that we're doing. So we're like exponentially going. But we're also trying to stay away from living people right now for that. Uh, for the same reason, God forbid anything come out on any of these people. You don't want to be like, oop, that was bad. Understood. No, absolutely. Let's get into the TV uh, deal because, yeah. hey, man, nice going. And God, <laughs> what an exciting thing to have your designs on an animated series and also a positive animated series. PBS is certainly a nice high-class neighborhood to be in with yeah. Mr. Rogers and Sesame Street and the like. So uh, and Arthur and I'm sure I'm you know forgetting some some more modern uh, examples. Well, yeah, I mean, but. yeah, you just think, go back and you think you know Mr. Rogers and Sesame Street and Electric Company and all these shows oh, yeah. that you know. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, this is all you know. Brad's doing. Brad kind of. I mean, we worked together on the pitches. Of, like he would basically lay them down. I would draw up some you know information. You know, some stuff to show them what we were thinking, design the characters, that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, so, you know, really, this is this is Brad's uh, party and I'm I get to co-host, as it were. Um, but, yeah, it's a blast because it's just like uh, when, you know, we, they approached uh, PBS and kind of showed them all of this work and showed them the books. Uh, and then we sh- still didn't really have the the concept down locked. The only thing they at PBS said was whatever this turns into, it has to just look like Chris's artwork. Fantastic. Come to life. So that was a nice feeling. Like it was like, all right, that's at least I'm doing my part to lift a little bit. And so it's been fun. It's been, you know, I've been designing all the heroes because um, we want them to look like they look in the books. Yeah. Um, and then so, you know, if even if for characters that we haven't done yet for the books, I, I design for the TV show as well as knowing that we're going to carry it over to the books at some point. Like, you know, we're doing like. Marie Curie, right? So we, I designed oh, the character. We haven't we haven't done the book yet. I don't know when we're going to do the book, but I've designed the character, and eventually, if we do the book, I've already got the character laid out. Sure, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so uh, and, you know, and then we go over design and looks and how I would draw things, and I've sent them all my materials, and you know, the animators will send stuff back to me, and I'll kind of correct it and say, no, this is how I would draw it in this case, or if there were. Um, you know, facial features or, or looks or emotions or whatever it is they want to convey and they're not really sure how I would do it. I, I'll go in and show them how I do it. So um, it, it's fun. Like I, and I've got a, a credit, like I'm executive producing along with Brad and, you know, a couple others and, you know, I'm consulting in terms of the art. So it's, it's a bla- It's like a whole new world and it's like a lot of work, um, but it's a lot of fun. So it's fun to see this stuff come to life and see your artwork what looks like your artwork moving? Like I, I, I don't know what Schultz felt like when his first Peanuts sure show came on, but it was like re- it's really weird to see characters and designs that you've created start moving. It's it's surreal. I bet, man, and and it's funny you told me that before we started recording, uh, you were in a production session via Skype, and I'm assuming mm-hmm. it was it a voiceover session. Yeah. So. Um, Brad and I, like as executive producers, like he tends to stay towards the writing side of the street, considering that's how we do it in the book. So, like it's sort of that's the way it works. So, I I deal with the art, he deals with uh, the writing. So he's always dealing with meetings with the writers and 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 story, you know, edits and and doing all that stuff. So on my end, I deal with the animators, and then I'll sit in on uh, the recording session. So I also help pick out which actors are going to play the parts of the kids. Um, and then sit in and, you know, sometimes as you're recording, you know, there's, there's unique problems you get when you're recording kids. Um, we had a kid, um, what was, what was the word? And she had to say it like 15 times. It was something like silly, like, um, I don't know. Oh gosh. Um, bulldoze or something, whatever the word was. And she just couldn't say the word. And it was like you have to say it 15 times. Aww. And so we were like trying to trying to figure out a workaround. Like, you know, you have to sit there and, and you know, how, how to get them there. And um, I mean they do uh, the majority of the lifting. I sit there and kind of make sure because it's recorded up in Canada. So I have to watch out for the aboots and the A's, sure, sure. You know, that kind of stuff. So um, and what's funny is like I'll be like, no, it's about <laughs> like ow. And they go, that sounds so wrong. And I'm like, so does a boot. So, <laughs> 
But, um, you know, so I, I do that as well. So it's, you know, I'll sit. So like today we're recording at like, what time is it now? So it's two twenty my time. Mm-hmm. Um, I was recording from nine o'clock this morning until just about two. Crazy. So, um, yeah, so we, we did, uh, four different actors, uh, from four different scripts. So we have like the hero characters come in and they read their parts. So it's always, I mean, I'm sure, you know, done separately. So like, it's not like 15 kids get into a room and record. It's right. It's not a one at a time. Read. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so we had, um, somebody who was doing like Alexander Hamilton came in then somebody was doing Teddy Roosevelt and somebody <laughs> was doing, uh, Eleanor Roosevelt. And then we had the young girl that plays, uh, Yadina, which is one of the main characters. And she did like two full episodes in her time. So, um, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's, it's become like streamlined now. Um, but it's such an interesting world. It's so much fun. It's so different from comic books. Um, that it's you know it's a lot more collaborative you know you're doing comic books it's like one guy does the penciling one guy does the inking and everybody stays in their lane brad and i are like all over the place with dealing with stuff like we're dealing with animators we're dealing with uh you know producers we're dealing with pbs we're dealing with the recordings we're dealing with the writer's room so it's it's crazy that's awesome man and and truly Thrilled for both of you. The designs are great. So the the historical figures are kids mm-hmm. as well, right? So the the, the caveat in the books is uh, we wanted to show the kids who are reading the books that these famous people before they were famous they were just kids like them. Sure. And um, so just basically saying you could do this too. You could you could do great things. All you need is you know the right. Uh, values and and the right timing and you could be the next you know Amelia Earhart. So in the TV show, it's the same thing. Um, they go back in time and they meet these people when they were young. So they go back and they meet Teddy Roosevelt when he's a kid and he likes animals, <laughs> you know. And then you fast forward a little bit and he's president and he's you know setting up the the national parks. So you know there's continuity, but they, st- they remain as a kid. So every every kid that's watching can relate and say. I could be just like Teddy Roosevelt or, you know, George Washington or whoever. And um, and what's great about the TV show is that we're expanding beyond the books. Uh, the books we tend to keep uh, as like mostly American figures or or you know sort of in that line. Um, the TV show we've really expanded out to other countries and demographics and stuff like that. So it's been fun to sort of. Meet up, you know, people people that I don't even know. Like we're we're dealing with this Japanese artist who I've never heard of before, but has such an interesting story. Or you know, you you talk to, about other people who come from other countries. It's just uh, that we in America don't really know that well, but it's amazing. But it's funny. And then we deal with these these young kids in Canada, and like today, we we're she was dealing with uh, Eleanor Roosevelt, and the young girl was like, I didn't even know who this was. Sure. Yeah. So you're like, oh wow, you know, kids don't really know right who, th- who these people are. So it doesn't really matter, you know, if you do know them or don't. But um, yeah, it's been it's been crazy. So we're we're going nuts with all all the different characters. What's the initial order for episodes? How many? Oh goodness, it's I, it's a weird. I think it's something like forty episodes. Wow. And uh, I was and expecting like thirteen or something, and a movie. Yeah. Wow. Um, I, I think what it is is it, it's like – I'm, I'm trying to still figure out. I, I don't know if they consider it an episode. So each show will have two halves, like two different okay. characters mm-hmm. and then like something in the middle that we're going to put together. Um, so I can't – I don't know if it's 40 uh, – I think it's 40 of the individual shows. So two would make up a show, okay. but it's two episodes. So maybe it's 20, show, 20 shows and 40 different characters. And Still then, impressive. 20 yeah, and then impressive. Yeah. Yeah. And then we do a movie. So, wow. and that's just the first season. So, and yeah. we'll see how it does. And, you know, we're hoping that they're going to really like it and the kids will like it and we'll continue on and do more than one season. So I suspect uh, this is going to do well, Chris, because really I I, when I saw the, the initial uh, publicity photo, was not Einstein in the initial image? Yeah, the, the original pilot we did was with Einstein. So, um, when we first got the the gig and PBS said go to pilot, basically it means that we get to make up a fake episode, and uh, we do everything that we're doing now. You had to pick out the talent, you had to find the characters, you had to draw it up, you had to figure out how the animation worked, how the story worked, and put together a show. And that one took us, God, it was almost a year to put together from soup to nuts, and 
um, because, you know, we were trying to get it right and there were things sure. that needed to be changed and Trial what PDS and error, wanted sure. to see. Right. So everything went back and forth with them. And um, so once the pilot was done, they said, yep, we like this. We want to go forward, but here's what we want to see. And they list down, you know, the different things that they wanted to see. And um, so we've been following up and, and each step of the way, PBS is involved and they give us their notes and we have – they have like um, – focus groups and they talk to psychologists and child psychologists and you know everybody has to take a look at this thing to make sure that we're doing it right so it's it's a it's a whole different world very exciting man honestly yeah. when, I, when i heard the news was thrilled for both of you i mean the the success of the books speak for itself but this is only going to dovetail and obviously i think increase sales of the books and also i think people will likely you know seek out your um, individual uh, projects when you have time. Do you have time yeah. to draw other things for yourself? Oh, I have been. Um, beyond the books that I do with Brad, I, I actually just came out with another one back in September. Uh, I, I've done a couple of um, kids' graphic novels. Um, one, it was called uh, Cosmic Commandos, and then the follow-up to that one, uh, Monster Mayhem, came out, came out in September um, or August. Um they're big, long, like 200-page graphic wow. novels for kids, um, and they've done well. Um, so, you know, we're looking uh, forward. I, I, I plan to do more, and I, I'm I'm trying now. You know, it's funny. Um, I don't know the children's book market that well, and my agent has been bugging me, and she's like, "I think you you are just right for children's picture book picture books. You need to start doing that stuff." So I've been putting together writing and and putting together. Uh, manuscripts for her to shop around and maybe start doing some picture books as well. So I'm I'm doing an awful lot. I'm doing like as we speak right now. I'm in the middle of um, so we've decided that we're doing um, a uh, in September since the launch of the series is in November. We're going to come out with four books in September. So I'm currently drawing like all four. They have to be done by March. Wow. So, yeah, so it's been – it's chaos. So, um, Well, I can, I can relate talking to Art and Franco and their yeah. side projects. When you say yeah. picture books, are these like first readers as, as I've heard them called? Um, yeah, like uh, I'm trying to think of uh, what other picture books out there that – I mean you would know. Um, you know How's Harold that different from Crayon or – you know, Oh, like Hilo you said? Um, like like Harold and the Purple Crayon. Oh, or, sure. Of course. You know, of course. those kind of things where you, Classic. you know, have – yeah, just a – it's – very simple images with like yeah. so the graphic novel stuff even even the stuff we're doing with the IM books it's multiple panels on a page it's sort of more of a graphic novel storytelling style but a lot simpler uh, picture books are very much more simplistic like single images per page yes you know a little bit for the younger readers so um, I think that's my agent's way of saying you're very simple minded Chris maybe you should just <laughs> stick to that genre. <laughs> It's funny. I asked Brad, uh, you know, when are you going to be doing comics? And he said, I really consider the IM books my comics work right now. And I get it because, again, yeah. like you just described, I mean, what you what you and Brad do. Um, no, this is – dude, I'm serious. Yeah. From from book one, I'm like, yes, great. I, and I'm a huge proponent of uh, that history is be, being forgotten and, and like – those yeah. kids innocently saying they never knew who Eleanor Roosevelt was and, you know, obviously yeah. one of the most amazing women of the 20th century. Um, yeah. You know, and I loved I love the pop culture choices that you guys are making as well. Lucille Ball, certainly. Yeah. The Jim yeah. Henson book was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's sort of like trying to reintroduce um, our heroes to the next generation of heroes. Um, and I think a lot of the people that we've been dealing with, the, you know, the, 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 the companies or the or the the owners of the properties, uh, you know, I, I don't know. What, what do you call the people that own like the rights to Amelia Earhart, whoever they may be? Um, is it their estate or whatever? Or, their estates, yeah. I guess. I mean, some of them, it's weird. It's not even the estates. It's just somebody owns the copyright to wow, whatever. Harry Tubman, you know? Yeah. Um, and they've, I, I, to, to just about everybody has been open and understood what we're trying to do. Um, I mean, you can't imagine the hoops we had to jump through for Jim Henson, but everybody loved what we were doing, and everybody kind of got on board. Even the family was just right. I mean, we did our our book launch with Jim's daughter. She came to the book launch and and spoke uh, with us. So like, it's just like, wow, they really do get that we're trying to uplift the the kids of today and let them know about these heroes from the past. So 
it's a it's a it's a good movie. It's it's totally different. You know, it's a it's a different world. Like I'm so used to everybody knows now who you know Captain America is, Spider Man, and and the rest because they see all the movies. Um, and now, but it took years to get uh, like them out into pop culture, get them out into the real world, sure. like where people yes. know who these. Like nobody, like nobody wore a Captain America shirt. You know, fifteen, sure. twenty years ago. Now, everywhere you go, everybody's wearing a Captain America. Everybody knows who these characters are. You know, but when I started in the business, we were the outliers. Nobody knew. Um, and I feel like now, Brad and I are doing that with real heroes. We're sort of bringing them to the forefront and saying, "Hey, these are these are people you should admire and uh, look up to." So, well, and uh, connecting connecting with the kids on things like you know Lincoln loving turtles. Mm-hmm. I think is just brilliant because yeah, yeah but before you get to they can the, relate yeah before you get to the Emancipation Proclamation it's like hey as a kid he did this or uh, was it Amelia Earhart that built uh, the the roller coaster uh, yeah. yeah yeah but kids Stuff can relate like that. to that like yes. nobody understands you know like he freed the slaves well what does that mean <laughs> I like I'm, I don't live in that world today right whereas you can say he loved animals like I go do school visits. so part of the deal with this with these books now is. I go on book tours and Brad goes out on the book tours, but he goes to bookstores and he talks to the adults and you know the kids that come in. I go to schools. They send me out to school. So That's I go and great. visit two or three schools a day uh, over a week. Um, and that, that's one of the things I say. You know, I raise your hand. Do you, who likes animals? You know, and they, you know, the kids raise their hands, and none of the teachers do. And then I say, see, the teachers don't like animals, and the kids laugh and they think it's funny, but they can relate to Lincoln because they say, oh, he's just like me. He yeah. loves animals. So um, that's the key is just sort of the, to getting him in the door. You say, you know, they're, they're just like you, but then they also went on and did these great things. So it's a, it's a, it's a, Brad did an amazing job kind of figuring this all out and, you know, making this work as a way to, to enlighten kids and make them realize that there are some really great people out there. So when you're doing your public appearances, are you sketching for the kids there and and like drawing Lincoln yeah, and Amelia yeah. Hart and everything? I, I I'm the drawing monkey. That's the, like it's funny because hey, like well, when Brad, what you do. <laughs> it's funny when Brad and I go and we do uh, events together. I like I said I want to give him like the sort of the stage. He can I'll sit in the back somewhere. It's fine, but he's always like no get up there and draw something. But what happens is um, if he's talking and I start drawing. Everybody focuses on the monkey drawing the picture. Well, sure. And he, and he loses his audience. <laughs> so, so he gets to the point now where he just goes, "Don't draw till I'm done." And it's like, okay, you know, because like it just totally takes his thunder. But um, when I go to the schools, uh, part of what I do is I tell the story about the character, and then I say, "Let's draw them together." And so I have the kids draw with me, um, and we do go step by step, and I show them how to draw, and the kids have a little fun. As well as learn a lesson. So, like I'll say, you know, like Abraham Lincoln, you know, he, you know, he freed the slaves. But when he was a kid, he loved turtles, and he saw these kids being bullied, uh, these kids bullying a turtle by putting a coal on its back. Yeah. Um. You know, and Lincoln stood up to the bullies and said, "No, you know, in your life, stand up to the bullies. Don't let anybody be bullied. If you see another kid getting bullied, you stand up for them. Let's draw Lincoln. So you get the lesson, and then they have fun drawing it, and they remember the story. And so at the end, I just say, "Hey, look." You know, at the end of the day, just remember these stories. Abraham Lincoln, you know, look, look, you know, didn't let people get bullied. You know, you know, what else I do? You know, I do, you know, Einstein, um, just be weird, be different. Don't let anybody tell you, you know, it's bad to be different. And then we talk about like things like um, Helen Keller. And I say, you know, she was blind and deaf and she went on to write books. Like, don't tell me you can't do something. Um, And then they take the pictures back to their classrooms and they compare notes and they go home at night. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've gotten letters from from teachers or from parents saying, you know, my, my child came home from school and showed us these drawings and told us these stories and they're amazing and, um, you know, thank you for teaching them some life lessons. Lessons. So, really, I think that's what these books are: is just life lessons for our yes. kids. Yes. And um, which is great. I mean, because I think superheroes are the same thing, right? You know, sure. in the in the beginning, morality plays absolutely yeah, right. You have to learn lessons about the good and evil, and you know what makes a hero and. Um, so I think we're like Brad said we're we, we're do we're doing comic books we're just doing it in a, in a slightly different way. Understood, man. And again, I, I'm I'm thrilled for both of you. I think this is a great opportunity to teach, and uh, you know, for Brad, obviously, expose his work to a kid audience, yeah. and and also, yeah, for you, man. Uh, I'm glad it's uh, you know, yeah, I, I swear, your work I, out there as well. Next time you have him on, I still ask him all the time. I don't like because Brad's got 
obviously the ability to ask anybody to do this. I have no clue why he picked me out of a crowd. <laughs> like anybody could have like, like he could have gotten anybody like he could have gotten Jim Lee to do these books. Like seriously. No, yeah, I hear you, man. But no. So I, I don't know. Gonna... I mean, he keeps trying to promote like every time he goes on shows, he tries to promote me and I tell him to stop. It's embarrassing. <laughs> and but he always kind of does this line where he's like, well, you know, Chris gives this these characters, uh, you know, life and love and you fall in love with them and I'm, I'm like i don't know what that means um i guess it's you know what is it the uh, the, the supreme court definition of pornography i don't know what it is but i don't know what i see it <laughs> so i don't know what that like i i don't know like he picked me out of you know thousands of people he could have had and so i'm just i, I knock wood i count my blessings that uh, that he actually did see something in me so yeah, but I kind of know what he's talking about because I see it too. No, your your art has energy. It's warm. It's friendly. It's welcoming. And yeah, he could have gotten Jim Lee, but it would have been a completely different project. I mean, sure. you know, your your style is perfect for this. And, um, man, you know, whether it was Franklin Richards and uh, and I want to get it right. Is it Sherman? Misery Love Sherman. Yeah, Misery Love Sherman. And, of yep, course, yep. Uh, what was the cowboy book again? It's literally called Cowboy. There you go. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, man. You, you've got these great characters and these great designs. And uh, no, it, it totally makes sense. And again, it's fun. And that's what it needs to be. Yeah. You know, to, to fool the kids into actually learning something. You got to yeah. present it in a fun way. Okay, let's take a break and uh, get into our sponsor. This portion of Word Balloon brought to you by Aftershock Comics. The industry's fastest-growing independent publishing company, promoting both new and established comic audiences to read dangerously. They're claiming 2019 as the year of reading dangerously. As a publisher of many of the most talked-about independent titles of the past few years, things like Marguerite Bennett's Animosity, Garth Ennis's A Walk Through Hell, Dark Ark from Cullen Bunn and Juan Doe, and of course Donny Cates and Baby Teeth, Aftershock is pushing the envelope even further this year with new releases and ongoing series that continue to thrill, chill, and challenge both imaginations and sensibilities. Aftershock is working with top writers and artists and some of the brightest new stars in the creative community. Some of the new titles that are coming out uh, this year are things like Stronghold with Phil Hester and Ryan Kelly, Oberon, a new supernatural series featuring Ryan Parrott, Dark Red, a vampire living in rural America from Tim Seeley, and things like Out of the Blue and Horde. They're going to cut across all genres to take readers far beyond the comfort zones. Now, in the weeks ahead, we'll be talking to more Aftershock creators about their books, but you don't have to wait. Go to their website. You'll find full story descriptions, preview pages, and the diamond codes on these books to order through your local shop at AftershockComics.com. All right, let's get back into our conversation now on Word Balloon. Did you see him... uh in December, or uh, well, this is still December. Uh, I was really excited. It was my birthday on uh, Sunday the second, and right. he was on uh, C-SPAN, and he did the three-hour in-depth. Yes, I, yes. I'm a huge fan of that uh, show. I mean, I love book TV. Yeah, and I'm constantly looking for book book panels and one-on-one interviews and things. But well, it was like, so oh my god, yeah. three hour three hours of Brad talking. This is great. And I did. I, I blew. I blew off football. And it's like, and he, wow. <laughs> we, look at we, you. We talk casually, but yeah, I told him. I said, dude, I go. This was fantastic. I was so thrilled to be able to spend the uh, late morning and early afternoon watching yeah. you tell your stories. It was. He's one funny. person I would not worry about having to talk for three hours because he's got great stories <laughs> and he knows how to talk. But you know, it's funny. And I, I basically, I turned it on. I was I was decorating the house for Christmas and. So I just put it on and uh, it, it's fun. Like, you know, we're, we're like family now. So like my sure. family and his family. And so uh, my son Jeremy was home and uh, he was like, I'm going to call in. And I'm like, ah. OK. So he really did try to call in. He was going to call in. I, I, I think he was going to – I don't know what, what he was going to – he was going to be obnoxious or something like that. But <laughs> I think he was going to call up and he literally was waiting on hold. And I'm like, why are you doing this? And he's like, oh, it's fun. And then just as they went to pick him up, they must have hung up, hung up on him. Aww. So he didn't even get a chance to like you know check in and say hi to Brad. But <laughs> I think it was better off that way. We we don't need like you know my son having a conversation with Brad on TV. <laughs> That's the That's last great. thing. We need. Now we got to get you on book TV, and especially with these historic books. No, like I said, Brad's, Brad's the talker. Talking Brad. to you. Yep. Brad's great for the spotlight. I'm very happy to sit in the back and and let him do the you know the promoting and stuff like that. Um, you know, some people I think would would 
want to be like you know like there are a lot of people that want to be like that front and center sure uh i like i have no desire like i you know i'll go to his events that aren't our books just to show support and i will go hide in the back i don't even let him know i'm there but he's so good he always knows when you're around like and he just points me out embarrasses me in front of everybody um <laughs> you know and says here's chris and then you know i'm like i i just came to show support you don't have to like spotlight me i'm not looking for attention um, although I will say I went to one of his events, uh, one of his events and, um, some people had come up to have me sign the books as well. And this one father came up with his two children, his daughter and his son, um, to sign the books and the daughter came up and I signed her book and I guess the son was just so excited. He literally threw up Aww. right on the floor <laughs> and, you know, it was like, you know, this is the way to have a Brad Melter event, you know, just you making kids throw up. Um, <laughs> but it was so sweet. And the poor kid was so embarrassed. And, and like, you know, I mean, because yeah. he was little, you know, he was like six or seven Aww. or whatever, eight years old. And, you know, he felt bad, you know, but then, of course, everybody's just like, Ugh. and then I had to like take control. And I'm like, I got somebody to come over and clean it up. And uh, this poor kid was just, you know, and then I got a, a note from the father soon after the next day or whatever. And he's like, thank you so much. And I'm really sorry. And but it's like, you know. I, I, that's why I should be in the background somewhere hiding. Like we don't need to have anybody throwing up. <laughs> with, with the I mean, my wife ready. has that reaction every morning when she sees me, but I, I'm not used to the kids doing that. So I think I'm gonna hurl. Yeah, Thanks, world, absolutely. Yeah, she just, she she rolls over, looks over, and goes. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Well, it was as always hilarious seeing you at New York Comic Con, and I always love when you're there with Eric Larson. I know we are like a duo too, right? It's like the other it's the other comedy team. That's true. I swear, it's just the two of us together. I mean, but you know, it's funny. It's um Eric and I used to work together a lot, and so we would talk on the phone daily. Like it was a thing where um our wives were getting so annoyed with us because we would spend 6-7 hours on the phone across the country. Wow chatting every day like just about everything like while we were working, we would just talk. And so in recent years we haven't been uh, as close. So like when he comes out from the New York comic con, he stays at my house and we oh, like, nice. it's just nonstop. Yeah. So it's nonstop. We're just chatting, 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 chatting. My poor wife is just like, Oh boy. You know, cause it's like, <laughs> cause we'll do, you know, we'll cover the gamut. We'll go from politics to, um, what's the best way to ink, you know, a texture on something or, you know, cool. what's the yeah. best way to tell a story or like, you know, like he would see what I'm working on. You know, because I was, I'm still doing comic books in the sense that I, you know, um, I'm writing and drawing my own comic books right. and they're kids' books, but comic books are comic books, and you know, it's storytelling is the same. Sure. Uh, whether you're telling a Spider-Man story for adults or you're telling, you know, a, a story for young kids, so we'll talk about, you know, the page turn or, you know, what's the best moment to put into a panel or, you know, how much can you get into a page or, you know. We always have all those conversations. So it's, you know, we're at the house, doing having the conversation. Then we get in the car and we drive down to the Javits Center, talking the whole time. We go to the convention center, we sit all day and we talk, and then drive home and talk, and then go out to dinner and talk. And so it's insane. Yeah, we're nuts. And then That's people funny. come by. It's like the Eric and Chris show when people come by too. Well, you know, it's I always kind of make a point of like, all right, Eric, I know you're not like thrilled with, you know, not he's great with fans. But I always mm -hmm. feel doing what I do that I because I get a press pass and stuff, I'm always paranoid that I'm going to lapse into a conversation with somebody at an artist alley table and then suddenly look behind me and there's four people waiting with, you know, books to sign. And always I'm happens. always like, oh, Jesus, you know, I'm so sorry. I'm like, please talk to them. You know, let me get out of the oh, way. Yeah. I'm, I'm very sorry. But I always make a point of telling Eric, hey, I'm not here to talk to you. I'm here to talk to Chris. Don't worry about it. You don't yeah. have to talk to me. And he seems very relieved when I tell him that. No, I, you know, he loves talking. To, I mean, if you're talking <laughs> comics, he loves to talk about it. Um, and he'll have a conversation on a dime about anything, um, especially if he's just sitting there sketching. If he's doing commissions for people, he's got to do something while he's working. So, OK, All um, right. yeah, I mean, it literally is, as you know, the hard part is that he'll be doing commissions and people come up and they try to be very polite and they just want his book signed. Um, they'll sit there for like 20 minutes waiting. And, and, you know, sometimes I have to kind of jump in and say, like, just put the book in front of them because it takes a two second to, to sign it and be done. Sure. Um, so we sometimes have those things. So, but 
Next time you should just bring your recorder and just record it while you're coming up. Well, you know, I don't do I don't do table interviews anymore. So Why? I, I don't know because everybody does. Everybody so? does. And and also, you know, well, but also like we're talking now, uh, I prefer a longer interview. And also, I'm just very and again, this is my own little idiosyncrasies, but I just feel like okay, you're there for the fans. You're there for the people that paid to come. Mm-hmm. So talk to them, get get books signed, get commissions, do whatever. Right. That's that's their time. And uh, you know, I always say going to the cons for me is like expensive summer camp, where it's mm-hmm. like, hey, awesome, all my friends are here, and we get to talk right. for a few minutes and see each other and have dinner and whatever and hang out. No, it's terrific. But but yeah, I just feel like all right. I mean, I'm I'm kind of you know I don't want to say the word privilege because I don't sound like an asshole. But but you know I do. I get I get a press pass. Oh. I get access. You know, occasionally yeah. they ask me to do panels and stuff. So I'm like, hey, I'm having a blast doing my thing. So, right. yeah, other other than panels, recording panels, no, I stopped because, again, I just see so many other people doing the, the you know, 10 or 15 minute interview. If And I, even that, I think, is kind of an imposition on the creator. Again, my my feeling. Mm. So, uh, no, yeah. I, would ra- I would rather get Eric on the phone. Right. And talk to him like we're talking right now or on Skype or whatever. Yeah. So. He's another one that's like he'll you just you just wind him up and let him go. Mm-hmm. And he'll just talk, 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 talk. I did you a know? couple when I was doing table chats or even I remember a Wizard Chicago when and there's this kind of maze from the parking lot to the main floor mm-hmm. that's like almost like a habit trail or something like that you have to go through to right. get to the main floor and everything. And so literally as we were walking, I remember just kind of. Doing a kind of uh, like uh, like some of the CNN reporters when they catch a congressman in the hallways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just you know that kind of that kind of chat. But yeah, it's it's been a long yeah. time since I've talked to Eric. So all right, you're you're convincing me that I should. Uh, yeah. You know, some of the, I mean, I think some of the smaller ones too. It's you know not as many people, and and it there's there tends to be more time for you know a longer talk. I mean, I was sure. so I got I got invited out to Vienna for a comic con. Wow, and um. Yeah, it was crazy. It was great. Um, it was a great show. They were wonderful, and um, I would go again in a heartbeat. Uh, but it was just funny because, you know, basically I'm known as a letterer in the comic book market. Right, right. And in Europe, in, you know, other language countries, they don't really see my work. So I wasn't anybody that would be like, oh, there's a guy that I want to see. So, like, they really just knew me from, like, Franklin Richards and Pet Avengers and stuff like that. Um so I had time, you know. I I was sitting with Donnie Cates, and the two of us were just chatting away a, a storm. It was like it was like a post con bar chat without the bar. <laughs> like we were just chatting, chatting about you know business and life and whatever. Um, and it was great. So like those things lend themselves great to long conversation. I mean, we got interviewed as well by people, and we were just it, it was great. It was it's a great way to do it. So I, I recommend cool. you go to a, go to a, go to a smaller show. Oh no, I do and. Um... Terrificon in Connecticut. Yes, Mohegan Sun. My God, that that show uh, was such a great experience. And uh, Mitch, the uh, the guy who runs the show, mm-hmm. really loves to get um, silver and bronze age uh, people. So right. you know, oh my God, I like nine hours of panels, and um, I even recorded one that I didn't do, but Paul Kupperberg, the old uh, DC writer, yeah, yeah. Uh, interviewed Barbara Freelander, and Barbara was a, the DC editor of. The romance books in the '60s, oh, wow. and uh, everybody loves Scooter, which was like DC's <laughs> Archie, right? And so she yeah, was great, thing. you know. And it was such an interesting conversation about DC behind the scenes in the '60s and what it was like working there. Very Mad Men sort of atmosphere and everything. And you know, yeah. So and then the, even the panels that I did were just amazing. You know, I had uh, Jim yeah. Starlin and Roy Thomas and. Denny O'Neill and Mike Barr and oh, that's great. It was yeah, it was insane. No, it was terrific. Yeah, I've been so, asked no, once or twice to go there, and I I really want. Everybody keeps telling me what a wonderful oh, show you it is. Go, I, man. I, they always catch me like it's either I'm on a book tour or I'm away on vacation or something that I can't go. Well, if you can make it, you know, uh, Art and Franco and I are pretty much uh, going to be regulars over there. Okay. And you know, you well, can tell always... them tell them to invite me again. Hopefully, I'll. Oh, uh... I will. I'll, I'll mention it to Mitch. I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, you know, that's and truly he does. He asks me all the time, like, "Hey, who who would you want uh, to be there?" And I was telling him people like Fred Hembeck. I'm like, yeah. hey, Fred, man. I'm like, Fred was such a funny, oh my god, creator and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. and he's such a know. sweet guy. Like, such a nice. Like, that's the other thing too about comic book people is everybody's so nice. Yeah, you know, you get to see them out in public and and chat. And um, I haven't seen God. I haven't seen Fred in years. 
God, we used to we used to hang out because Ron Mars and he and I were like sort of we'd go to Mets games or whatever. And oh, that's cool. Yeah, I, I had him going. Oh my God, half a day. I tell this story all the time, but Fred is such a wonderful person, and, and he's just he is earnest and believes everything you tell him. I did some old dopey joke at one point. We were leaving the game, and I said, you know, Fred, I can't believe I read in the news today that they took the word gullible out of the dictionary. <laughs> and I promise you that we were still talking about it like two hours later. Like he came up and goes, I just don't get it. Why would they take the word gullible out of the dictionary? And, and I think finally Ron had to be like, Fred. Break it know. down, Fred. <laughs> he's like, oh. So – but no, he's I such a sweetheart. I can I can get that simple as well. Franco always jams me. Yeah. Something. He's like, no, I was kidding, dumbass. And it's like, you know, <laughs> I do. I just sometimes, especially when we're doing uh, the, the podcast with Art and Franco, I'm so concerned about uh, driving the ship and, yeah. and just, you know, kind of making sure everything's going on. So I am kind of the straight man. And I'm, oh, really? That's going on? Oh, fantastic. Oh, what? No, it's not going on, dumbass. Um, we were kidding. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. I'm like, of course you were. I'm, yeah, sorry. Every now and then I get a little slow. They're playing so. you. <laughs> they do play me. How's, uh, how's things in lettering and Marvel production? Still going. Uh, sure. We're still doing stuff. I got uh, five wonderful guys working for me. Uh, Joe Caramagna, Corey Pettit. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, Clayton Coles, uh, sure. Joe Sabino, and Travis Langham uh, doing great job. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm sure as it's weird the way the business works that, you know, with the advent of social media, so much of the inner workings, you know, the sausage being made gets online somehow. Yes, absolutely. Um, so everybody knows just how late everything is and yeah. how we're always rushing to get books out. And so these guys uh, really do go above and beyond. Like they don't get paid extra to hurry up and get things done or reletter things or, you know, whatever it is. So they, they're like the, you know, the unsung heroes of the business they they outshine me they're they're doing like amazing things i just basically kind of keep the ship going and okay stay behind the scenes and when help needs to be given i give it and uh it's it's fun it's like it's just hysterical because like I, I have so many credits to my name it's not a big thing for me anymore so we've even had points where you know like somebody goes on vacation and i gotta scramble and letter a book overnight and then the book is so late they forget to change the credit in the in the book okay so yeah. like i'll have lettered an i've i've lettered books that are you know attributed to other people just because we're so late but um so i do all that kind of stuff i'll do a lot of stuff behind the scenes and help out letter a page or two here or there or help with uh, getting things done so but it's mostly them they're doing all the heavy lifting that's great man no we've talked yeah. about it before you got you guys are the last line of defense before the book goes out to print and everything, and that's a very yeah. important job. And it's not just lettering; it's correcting things and moving things around. And uh, man, we're make, doing all the production stuff work. Too. Yeah, mean, that's my, well, my that's why I said Marvel production to yeah. the printer. You know, we're we're Absolutely, sending this stuff. So it's uh, you know, uh, when push comes to shove, um, it's a it's a big job. But they're you know these guys are amazing. They've they've really um, shown the world how it's done. So give them some more credit next time you you see them online. Understood. No, absolutely. Well, dude, honestly, as always, wonderful conversation. And uh, like I said, just so thrilled for you guys with this PBS thing. Thanks. And I'm so glad that the books are going well and that it's uh, opening doors for you with picture books and, and the like. Yeah. And uh, no, man, that's, you it's know, good stuff. Uh, absolutely. Well, that's the thing, man. I really kind of discovered, I think, your first work back in the Franklin Richards days. And yeah. it was really it's been fun watching the evolution of uh, the Chris Iliopoulos career, and uh, I'm glad everything's going so well. And and yeah, you know, no, always the, all the best as always, man. And uh, keep up the great work. I appreciate it, John. You've always been there from the beginning. You again had to have the Greek on when nobody knew who I was. So <laughs> that was it's it. Terrific. I know for a fact the first time you had me on was the only reason was because I was Greek. It, it didn't hurt. <laughs> ah, see, it's in truth, our the DNA. Truth comes out now. We do, we do, we do have to know that we all know the secret handshake. And I can't give you pickles and coleslaw, so <laughs> the least I can do is, is put you on the podcast. I told, I, I, I always think back. There was a, there was a convention. I think it was either Chicago, I think it was Chicago, and it was the weekend of Greek Easter. And right. I was counting the bad Greeks that were at Oops. the convention instead of, and well, I was one of them as well. Yeah, and, and you know, I think I know Chris, Chris Gage, and I were laughing about it. So, yeah. uh, and I don't remember if you, I don't think you were there at that one. Probably but, uh, not. God knows, like my mother and father would kill me if I was away for. I, <laughs> so, you know, 
I know. And, I'd be excommunicated and thrown in the dungeon in their house. So <laughs> it's it's uh, well, and I agree. And you know, of course, do you guys do the double whammy of both Easter's? Oh God, yeah, yeah. Seriously, and it's like, can we just pick one? And I'm I know. Like, yeah. And it's so funny because like, well, I'll be there for American Easter. Yeah, but what about Greek Easter? I'm like, yeah. well, I understand, but I've got this work thing. But it's Greek Easter, and it's like. I understand, and I'm sorry, but and I, no, I I take the guilt, and it's we, we, yeah, we we sort of do the thing where my mother does <laughs> Greek Easter, and then we'll do American Easter, okay, so that like it's not like we're all not going to the same place all the time. Plus, like my my wife's sister and her family and brother and his sure. family will come for American Easter, so for Greek Easter we just go to my parents, and then that's that. So all yeah, right. it's 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 always a thing, right? It's always a well. I just love the various little idiosyncrasies, like the red yeah. eggs. And it's like, I, I know. And, and I love, and I love telling people this story. It's like, why are they red eggs and not all the multicolors? Because that represents the blood of Christ. Right. Happy Easter. Do you guys like, do whoa. the? Um, do you guys do the 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 uh, the, the egg bashing thing? The, oh, yeah, the Christmas absolutely. The thing. Yeah. Yes. So. Yes, indeed. Yeah, you smash eggs. They they did that in for people listening. They do it in my Greek, my big fat Greek wedding as well. Right. And yeah, oh no, absolutely, man. No, no, no. That's and it, and it's and it's like a thing, right? Like my oh, father yeah. takes it seriously. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, my kids are now like so into it. Like uh, my one son won last year, and he was just like winner. Like he was just like he was like taunting my father. Like my father was so upset that he didn't win, and my son was just like in your face. I was like, okay. <laughs> I didn't. I don't think this is the the spirit of of Easter, but okay. <laughs> Whatever, whatever any, makes you happy. Have you ever had any family like uh, put put in a ringer egg where it was a wooden red? Egg? I tried to. I tried to at one point, <laughs> and I got caught. But that's hilarious. My father used to do the ones the like the Ukrainian eggs. Like he used to make with the you know you take the wax and you you know put designs on there and you dip them in and take them out. But you have to like hollow them out so that they don't go bad. Um, so he has a ton of those. I was going to do that one time just to freak him out because he would work diligently to make these eggs and then just go here and then him freaking out but that's hilarious man i should i should uh i should uh, put this segment on when it's closer to greek easter and we can uh point out the uh the craziness of uh, the family believe i mean seriously man both of those uh big fat greek wedding movies when they came out it's like yeah that's yeah yeah. oh yeah 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 (laughs) but everybody and then you get everybody comes out is it really like that i'm like yeah yeah Yeah, exactly it's like uh, it really is Yeah, yeah it's true that's hilarious, man. Yeah. I so. hated the TV series, though, I have to say. Didn't watch it. It was pretty it, – it, you know, I noticed this in a couple recent TV shows, especially reboots, um, Murphy Brown and also Will and Grace. They're, they're acting like it's a school – it's a grade school play, and they're so overselling their, their punchlines. And, and yeah. it's like – and especially Murphy Brown, I compare it to – the original show because it's on one of the rerun channels now and it's like oh this show used to be so smart and funny and edgy and everybody was great but it it like it believed its own reality and this it's gotten just way too preachy and i say that as a liberal it's way too preachy and they become a parody of themselves right exactly exactly yeah and as i understand it i was we were talking about it at work it's like well they didn't get renewed i'm like oh okay i'm like it's a shame i would have liked to have seen them maybe improve on it but I guess not. Oh well. Yeah. yeah, no, they that's what they don't quite get. They 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 see the esoteric reasons for the success and not the underlying reasons for it. And so they just punch up the jokes and make it broader and, and then it just becomes not funny anymore or not interesting and you know. Yeah, self but you're right, self parody and almost bordering on camp, yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. All right, we end on a downer again. That's funny. Before we started Jeez. recording, we what are we, we doing? We, we depressed each other and everything. I know we talked but, about Penny Marshall and then it was like Yeah. Aw, Laverne. Yeah, League of Their Own, Awakenings, so funny. Oh my god, Uh, Myrna, Myrna Turner on uh, Odd Couple. Hi, Mister M. (laughs) Good stuff, man. Yeah, she was she's amazing. So anyway, yeah. No, all right, Chris. Well done as always. It's a great conversation, and I'm happy to talk to you. And I will uh, try to uh, not make it years between uh, our next podcast conversation. Let's do it. Chris Iliopoulos, check out the IM books. They're fantastic. Cannot wait to see the PBS series. The designs that they've seen online, man, they look great. And uh, so excited for uh, Chris and Brad on uh, this evolution of their IM children's biography series. Man, if there are kids in your life uh, and uh, you're looking for a great present for them, 
you can't go wrong with these IM books. They are informative, but they're also really friendly and uh, very easy to read and a great thing to share with the children in your life. I hope you enjoyed today's Word Balloon. It was brought to you again by the League of Word Balloon listeners. Thank you again, League, for your continued support. If you'd like to subscribe to Word Balloon, you can go to patreon.com slash Word Balloon or click on the Patreon ad at wordballoon.com. Word Balloon is also brought to you by Aftershock Comics. This year, they're claiming this year is the year of reading dangerously. And you know they've got great titles at Aftershock Comics. Things like Dark Ark from Cullen Bunn and Juan Doe. There's Witchhammer, uh, the original graphic novel that Cullen also wrote. A Walk Through Hell by Garth Ennis. Animosity from Marguerite Bennett. Donnie Cates' Baby Teeth. But they're going to go further with a lot of new books that uh, are definitely going to be things we'll be talking about in the weeks and months ahead. Things like Stronghold with Phil Hester and Ryan Kelly. Oberon, a new Supernatural series by Ryan Parrott. Dark Red from Tim Seeley, which you can hear also this week on Word Balloon. In fact, it's the companion show to this Chris show. Uh, it's great. Out of the Blue and Horde, just to name a few of the books that are coming out from Aftershock's year of reading Dangerously. Now, in the weeks ahead, we'll be talking more to Aftershock creators about their books, but you, right now, can go to their website and check out full story descriptions, preview pages, and the diamond codes on these books to order through your local shop at aftershockcomics.com. Thanks again for listening. Thank you again, League of Word Balloon listeners, for your support. And uh, listen, if you haven't uh, already checked it out, there's a great conversation with Tim Seeley this week as well uh, at wordballoon.com, waiting for you. So uh, do it, and I look forward to uh, hearing what you think about it. You know, you can reach me via email, john at wordballoon.com. You can follow me on Twitter, at John Word Balloon, or on Facebook under my name, John Suntress, and the Word Balloon Network. Uh, there's the All Yap podcast that I do with Art and Franco. A lot of fun. Uh, we have a new episode with Franco and me, solo, because everybody's so busy. But uh, we'll be having another new conversation in the, in the days ahead very soon. And uh, again, thanks a lot for listening and thanks for the support. Until next time, Word Balloon is a copyright feature of Shaky Productions, copyright 2019.